Okay, there's that. I just, it's not, it's on, oh, ha! I should turn it on. That's me, okay. Hi, friends. Hey. <laughs> okay, so, this is my testimony. <laughs> um, basically what I did is like, I put a bunch of like, pictures of myself, like funny pictures, just to distract from the testimony. So, yeah. In case I do really badly, I just put a bunch of funny pictures in there. Um, so, for you guys who don't know me, I'm Katie. Um, I've been going to AKMC for about four years. I joined staff in April. Um, so yeah, you may know me because I write the devotional on the church website and Howard's making a weird face at me and it's making me uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, uh, here are some words that describe me. I asked my friends, rather than like telling you about myself, I figured it would be more like natural and genuine if I asked my friends to kind of describe me for my, me. So these are the things they said. Um, yeah, and it was really interesting doing this because obviously your friends aren't going to say bad things about you, but I think me and especially like being the stereotypical Asian child, I'm really hard on myself. So if I were to like compile a list for myself, this is what I would put, honestly. <laughs> um, and um, when I decided what direction I wanted to go in my testimony, I really struggled because I feel like there are really like two formats that I've heard either this is my life before God, and at this moment, something happened, and I became a Christian. And I didn't really have that because I've grown up in the church. Like, I didn't have any like big dramatic moment. I'm only like 16. Like, nothing really interesting has happened. Or there's like a central theme. Like, I know Christy, a big thing with hers was her relationship with her parents. Katie's was about having a mask. Um, Heon's was about accountability. And when I was thinking about that, I couldn't pinpoint like a central theme for my life, right? But I started talking to Howard about it. And I came up with these ideas, like, if this is how I feel about myself, um, how has God helped me to fix my perception of myself? So I figured I would talk about a few of the really important traits up there and why that's how I am and how God has, like, fixed that in my life. And then I was talking to Howard about that, um, thinking really hard about my testimony, and we started talking about staff. And um, in staff, I've been kind of struggling because I joined and then I had to leave for a month to go to um, GHP, which was like a summer camp thing. And I came back and I hadn't like found like where I was needed. Like for me, I really like to get invested into a project and just like put my entire self in that. And I felt like I didn't have that in staff. So I was talking to Howard, like I can do this, like give me a job, I can do it. And he basically was like, I could, but it would probably kill you. And I was just like, like, what are you talking about? And he was talking about, like, he basically told me I was insane because I always, like, try and do too much. And um, so I, like, had that conversation. I went home and I tried to think back on this. And I went back to the idea, pick a few traits and talk about them. And I tried to think, you know, why am I so driven? Why do I, why am I such a try hard? Why am I so easily stressed? And I realized that Howard was right. Like, I'm insane. And I found the central theme for my testimony. And that central theme is why being driven is my downfall. Um, and that picture's because I fell, in case, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, throughout my whole life, I've been kind of that kid who always really liked to overachieve and do everything perfectly. And, you know, I didn't think that was a bad thing until I was thinking about it yesterday, and I realized, you know, that's really self-destructive. Um, 
And I think thinking about my spiritual life, God has really revealed to me how that's self-destructive and how I need to fix that. Um, so basically what I'm going to talk about is three aspects of my life that I'm really struggling in um, and how that's kind of tied to my need to be perfect and how God has kind of like changed my perspective on things. So the first one is success. This is a model UN competition. Um, this, is, this is one of the things I'm involved in in school. Um, it's, it's like really try hard thing that really nerdy people do, so I thought it fit with the success thing. Um, so going back to being perfect, these are the, like I've tried to be the perfect student, the perfect daughter, perfect Christian, perfect friend. Um, being the perfect student, I think that really came from just my entire childhood. I've been that like kind of stereotypical Asian child. Um, but going along with that, my sister, she's very, she, me and her are like opposites. Like I'm the really like nerdy math science one and she's the really artsy one, which Asian parents don't like a lot. Um, so growing up with her is kind of like being the problem child. I hate saying that, but like it, um, they were always like, you know, you need to take the slack that your sister like disappointed us in. You need to like excel. We know you can do it. If she can do all these things, like you can do it. Um, a good example of that is when I try to get into GHP, when I applied, like a lot of my friends know I was freaking out about it. They probably got really annoyed with me talking about it all the time. And um, I asked myself, you know, why did I really want to get into GHP? And it was because my sister got in, right? So, so she went in for music, but I went in for social studies, a more academic thing. My parents' whole mentality, they were trying to cheer me up. They are like, oh, if your sister can get in, you can get in. And I'm like, not necessarily. Um, so that's just like an example of how I've tried to like fit the perception my parents had of me and how it's really kind of been self-destructive for me to try and be a good student. Like with SAT scores and all that, the first SAT score I got was lower than my sister's and they were really disappointed and they're like, you know, why isn't your SAT score higher? So I went and studied more. And it's just like a lot of things like that. Um, the perfect daughter is the exact same thing. Um, it's kind of funny because I've never been really close to my parents um, because I feel like when I tell them about my life, they try to get involved and tell me how I can be better. So I don't like talking to them about it, which is really bad. Don't do that. Um, but this morning I told her for the first time, hey, I'm giving my testimony today. And I tried to be really nonchalant about it. And she's like, oh, what are you talking about? And I was talking about how, well, I told her, I was like, it's basically about how I've tried to be perfect all my life and how that's been really self-destructive for me. And she gave this really like spiritual, deep speech about how that's all, that's all wrong. I just want you to be happy. I don't want you to be perfect. And I started like, I like, was like tearing up and I was like, don't look at me. Like I was kind of crying. Um, and I really want to say that that's kind of a turnaround in my relationship with my mom, but honestly, like, I've spent my whole life trying to fit that, that um, perfect perception of being a perfect daughter that just because she told me that she doesn't want to be perfect doesn't change that whole thing I've lived with throughout my whole life, you know? Um, and that's just really proof to me on how being driven has been my downfall, and that's something I really need to work on. Um, the perfect, uh, perfect Christian, um, Exact same thing also. I think everyone wants to be that super Christian to have all those stories that Howard talks about, like, oh, I, um, I was here when we cured this like, blind woman, and like, there was this snake that like, possessed this boy. I'm just like, throwing out some of these stories that Ray and Howard have given that have really like, stuck in my head because they're so weird, and like, that's never going to happen to me. Um, but something that's really ha helped me with that, moving on, how God has changed my perspective, 
Um, something that really helps me with that and trying not to be the perfect Christian was at Mean Girls, that's like Joy, Esther, Jessica, Crystal. Um, <laughs> they're like called the Mean Girls. I don't think y'all are mean, but like that, Howard just jokes about that. So we went to Saute like two years ago. Um, I was really intimidated by you guys because, you know, you've been at this church for so long, and I was just like, oh, my God, like, they're not going to let me be their friend. I'm, like, 10 years younger than them, all this stuff. (laughs) Um, But they really, like, they didn't do anything super, like, giant, but they really took, like, me, April, Alice, Jillian, Katie, like, the younger girls under their wing, and that really just, like, taught me how... The little things like reaching out to people, just like mentoring people, not necessarily like curing a blind man. Like that's really impactful. Um, And it's also taught me that not every day is gonna be a huge accomplishment, right? Um, I'm not gonna go to a Model UN competition every day and win every day. Um, So like that's just something I need to accept. I need to be able to live normally and not try to succeed at everything. And the last thing that I think God's really helped me with to um, realize is, this is a sermon, I I have notes, I'm sorry. These are like snippets of the blogs I've written. Um, Howard gave um, a sermon called The Secret to Life um, in February. Um, And the central point was the secret to life isn't success, it's contentment. Um, And that really struggled with me because it was like, but I need to succeed to be content. Like, I had that mentality. Um, and just, like, looking in the Word and, like, studying, I really realized that being content is just about, work, like, strengthening your relationship with God. And, like, being a Christian means focusing on loving Christ and letting Him work in your life rather than trying to force yourself to look like a huge spiritual, spiritual success. Right? So, like, I'm talking to you guys now. And I'm honestly really nervous, like, I'm sure some of you have zoned out by now, that's fine, like, I realize that, and um, it makes me feel, like, insignificant, but, like, in reality, I'm, what you get out of it isn't going to be because of me, it's going to be because God has opened your heart to learn from what I've done. Does that make sense? So, like, this testimony could totally suck, but I tried, and I, I tried really hard, and if God wants you to hear something, he'll let you hear it. So that's just me justifying why my testimony sucks. Okay. Um, So here's some verses that, in the Word, that have really, like, helped me. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly, um, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. And that really touched me when I was talking to Howard. He was like, you can't spread yourself too thin. Um, You know, like, I can't do all these different things. I just need to, like, learn what my boundaries are. Um, and this is really long. Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through, or 9 through 13. Um, you guys can read. I don't really want to read all that. Um, yeah, so it's basically just like being content with what God has been doing in your life and just focusing on him and not yourself. Um, identity. And this picture is because we were dressed as boys. I tried really hard to find pictures that kind of were associated with the topic, but it, I tried. Um, yeah, so... Um, how the world shapes my perceptive, uh, perspective. Um, you are only what people think of you. That's like the exact same thing. I'm, I'm still really worried that you guys think I suck at speaking. Um, but I'll get over it eventually. Um, a story that really touched my heart with this, I went to a small group with my friend at her church. And um, we talked about identity. And this is actually how I joined staff. Um, 
there's a story. Um, it's called the story of the golden calf. It's in Exodus. Um, Moses ascended Mount Sinai. Is that how you pronounce that? Okay. In order to receive the Ten Commandments and the law from God, while waiting for Moses to return, the Israelites became anxious and impatient, so they decided to make a gold calf to worship as an idol. So that sounds like unapplicable because like we're not going to go make a gold cow and try and worship it like that's not reasonable but um it's still really relevant because our like gold golden calf i guess you could say is our social status um our achievements our athletic ability our like rank on league i don't know if that's a thing um (laughs) um so yeah and that's what i really struggled with and um the leader was like you know, what are you going to be when all these things fade? Like, what is your identity? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I'm trying to do all these things, and I realized, you know, they're not going to matter at the end, and I really need to put God first in my life when he was really at the bottom. So um, that made me really want to get more invested in ministry because I felt like I couldn't grow on my own. So I approached, well, like two years ago or a year or two ago, Howard approached me about joining staff, but I said no because of marching band. Marching band is from the devil. Um, but I came back and I was like, you know, I'd really like to explore my role in ministry. Can I do this? And he's like, are you sure you're ready to take that step? And I was thinking about my identity and what I want my life to represent. And it's really my dedication to God. So I was like, okay, I'll cut some things out of my life and I'll try my best. And, um, what's really difficult about identity is putting your faith in something you can't see. Um, I'm not gonna like lie, I don't see God, like God doesn't show up in my life every day. It's really hard for me to not put my identity in like the amount of likes I get on Instagram. Like it's hard for me to not do that. Um, I'm not saying it's easy just because I quit marching band. Um, So yeah, but um, there's a lot of things in the word that God makes promises to us, like, if you put your identity in me, I promise you these things will happen. Um, If you try and put your identity in tangible things, they're just going to disappoint you. Um, Like, if I don't get the amount of likes I want on Instagram, I'm going to be disappointed. So, like, why, you know, be invested in that? So, this is one of the um, promises that God makes us in the Word. As a child of God, I am a fellow heir with Christ. Um, And there's that verse. And the amazing thing to me about this when I read it is, basically, you know, we're we're all sinners, we all run away from God, yet he still has this promise in the word um, for us. Um, We are an heir with Christ. He puts us at the same level with Christ. If we just wanna push ourselves to be there, he like will let us be there even though, you know, none of us are worthy of that. Um, And that was really awesome to me. Um, I've been predestined by God to obtain an inheritance. So one of the things I really put my identity in is success. We already went through that getting into a good college, being a doctor, you know, like what my future is gonna be and what is destined for me, I guess. But when we put our identity in God, um, you know, he has a plan. He has a bigger, better option for us rather than us just trying to go through life, doing it our own way and seeing how things go. Like we have, like there's an end point for us if we just wanna chase after it, I guess. so that really helped me to learn why I need to put my identity in Christ and why he needs to be first up there. Is everything making sense? Okay. Um, accountability. So um, with accountability, this comes relationships. 
um, this goes back to being perfect, being the perfect friend. That's really difficult for me. Um, I think my freshman year of high school, I really struggled with my role as a friend. I became really good friends with this girl. Um, I'm not going to say her name just because that doesn't make sense. Um, and we became like really good friends. I'd go to her house every day, and then suddenly I just like shut down. I didn't want to talk to her. I hated her for almost like a month, and you know I didn't know why. And I resolved that with her, and like that's still actually like I actually talked to her today. I'm that's something I'm still struggling with, and that's Howard told me this. You don't want to realize like you don't when you hit rock bottom. That's not when you need to realize you need to change. Um, and I didn't realize that till yesterday. So I have a lot of like fixing to do, but. Um, you know, so don't get to that point where you can't mend a relationship because it's so broken. Um, I'm still working on that. So I thought about, you know, why do I shut people out? Um, why can't I put my trust in people? I was, um, and I realized that's because I am so obsessed with being perfect and so successful that it just burned me out. I been like fake about all my relationships because I wanted to fulfill that role they had for me. Um, I actually was, um, a lot of you guys know, or like a lot of my like really good friends know because it was like a really tough time in my life. I was in a relationship with this guy as like serious as like high school relationships go. Um, Jojo don't laugh at me. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't want to bring up this story, but I feel like it's really relevant. Um, I like we like dated. I, ah, okay, we dated for like a year or whatever, um, and I eventually like ended it. Um, and I realized that why that relationship was so destructive was because I'm such a people pleaser. Um, that whole relationship was me trying to please. And this isn't just about like relationships, like romantic relationships. This is like all my relationships. Um, I just try to make people happy and I like pent up all my anger and it just gets to a certain point where I can't fulfill that role, I just shut down. Um, I shut people out. I actually came to Howard crying this one time because I was so worried I hated this friend of mine and it was really embarrassing. Um, so like it just goes back to why being driven has been my downfall is because you know I try so hard to be perfect that it's affected every aspect of my life. Um, and how God has changed that, or I'm working on changing that with God. Um, what he's taught me is that we, you can't shut people out because he didn't mean for our lives to be that way. Um, we were made to have relationships, and if I'm shutting someone out just because I think it's better for me, um, I can't live my life on my own because I'm not perfect. And just because that friend's not perfect, doesn't mean I can't, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. Kind of something around there. Um, and this is why accountability is, in, is so important and how God's changed my life in that regard. When I open myself up to, you know, like Alice, Alice, April, Jillian, um, like they've just really helped to keep me accountable, you know, keep going to church and things like that. And it's really helped me with shutting people out because I realized, you know, um, I can't live my life my own way. Um, and that's really helped me to try working on that. And we are responsible for lifting each other up. Okay, so 
Um, in high school, people like drink and do drugs. That's normal, that's fine. They can do that if they want to. But um, <laughs> my friends have really helped keep me accountable in that I don't want to get involved in those kind of things. And I'm not judging anybody who like does that kind of stuff because it's, you know, we all struggle. We all do things. That's just like me shopping. Um, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. But um, <laughs> it's hard for us to resist peer pressure. That's where I was going with that. Um, and it's completely understandable if you succumb to peer pressure. But that's why it's so important to have an accountability group. Um, people who just constantly encourage you and even when you fail to lift you up. Um, so even when I feel like crap and I feel like shutting people out, just really chasing after your friends and helping them in a spiritual way, um, you know, realizing that God has a plan for you and God, God has a plan for your friend, therefore your plan is to help your friend. Um, that's just really how things change that. Um, this is one of my favorite verses about accountability. I've talked about it like 5,000 times. Um, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Yada, yada, yada. Um, bottom line. Okay. When we root our identities in God and surrender it all to him, he is able to change everything even when we can't see it. Okay, so I wrote a blog. Um, I don't know if you guys read it, the one about peace. Um, and I was talking to Aaron about it. Where's Aaron? He's the editor, right? And I was writing about peace, and he really, he was really like open with me. He was like, this is a really good topic um, but this is something I really struggle with and I feel like a lot of people do. And he was talking about why it's important to root your identity in God. And I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, you're right. Um, that's really important. Um, so I'm just going to read straight from what I've written. Um, so we've accepted Christ, now what? And the toughest part about achieving peace is that the only way to gain true peace is to give everything to him. Surrendering ourselves to God is scary to say the least, but when we try to control everything, our relationships, our finances, our futures are by ourselves, our sinful nature starts to bring worry, fear, stress, impatience, and temptation into the equation. And that was my whole issue, you know, trying to control everything myself, trying to be perfect, um, and how that's really been self-destructive, because I didn't root my identity in God, I rooted it in my own capabilities, right? Um, so our lives become filled with chaos rather than peace. My personal obsession with controlling everything stems from my struggle for perfection, which I just said. I can't put my trust in anyone or anything that doesn't strive for perfection like I do, and that's affected my relationships like I just said. Um, I myself am not perfect. I can't control everything no matter how hard I try. However, God is perfect. God is all-powerful, and he loves us. Who would be better to put our trust in? When we root our identities in Christ, he begins to grow in us and reveal his heart and his plan for us. When we let go of our insecurities, we allow God to lay out our lives in the best possible way for our relationships with him. And it's funny that I wrote this before I wrote my testimony because now that I'm reading it, it like sounds exactly like my testimony, but I didn't realize that at the time. That's kind of weird. Um, so yeah, basically, my struggle for perfection has stems from my inability to root my identity in God. And writing my testimony, I realized that in the moments where I tried to pursue God, he's really showed up, even though I didn't realize it until like now, which is really bad. But um, I don't know, like God is just so faithful, even when you don't see it, um, even when we don't see it. And I really encourage you to try, if you're like me and you try to control everything, um, this may not touch a lot of you, but I'm sure at least one of you is like a control freak like me. 
to really just kind of let go and um, find out what God has in store for you rather than trying to plan out everything yourself. Um, growth. Um, so what am I doing now to fix myself? Um, constantly throw yourself into the position to grow. So why do I write these blogs? Um, it's not because I think I'm a spiritual guru and I'm trying to teach all of you guys how to be like me and be a perfect Christian. Because I just went through why I'm not a perfect Christian and why I'm insane like Howard thinks I am. Um, but, and he actually said this point before during a staff meeting, you know, growth isn't natural. So why I write these blogs, um, as selfish as it sounds, um, is really for me. <laughs> because if I force myself to be in a position to grow, I'm going to grow. You know, I can't just grow just by, like, sitting on my butt and hoping God shows up. No, I need to, like, delve into the Word, listen to um, our podcast, um, study topics, and that's how, that's the only way to grow. So I really encourage you to find your kind of, like, niche and how you want to do that. Um, dive in, that goes with um, getting plugged in, worship, um, the, like, the Bible, podcasts, books, talking to Howard, um, and being bold, um, I actually, going back to relationships, that friend I was talking about who I really struggled with, you know, I don't have a perfect friendship with her. Um, I was actually really annoyed with her lately because she ditched me to hang out with a boy. <laughs> but, you know, I talked, and rather than letting that, my anger pent, like, pent up and blowing up, I care about her so much to the point where I try to talk to her about it and be as gentle as possible, but and that sounds kind of intense, and it was really scary for me, and I took away the text 10,000 times. I was like, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, you can hang out with her later, stuff like that. But I knew that if I pent up my anger like I have always done, you know, that's not healthy. Um, so things like that, just being bold, reaching out to someone younger than you, like Jessica, Joy, Esther, Esther, like all, Crystal, all of the older girls did to us. That was them being bold, because I'm sure they didn't want to talk to a bunch of freshmen and like sophomores. Um, so yeah, those are just how I personally have um, found growth to be in my life. Um, and that's just my trademark, if you haven't read my blogs. I say sleep easy fame at the end of every blog. Um, so yeah, and that's my testimony. Mm -hmm.